know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and today is Wednesday with Will. And so, we're going to get right into it. Um, Well, we're not going to get right into it. What we're going to do first is get rid of these announcements. How about that? Email us at addisons at AFR.net. Addisons at AFR.net. If you have a comment, you have something you want to share, we do read the emails. We're able to get back with some of them. Um, but if you want to make a comment about something that was done on the show or just had a question or whatever, the best place to get us is addisons at AFR.net. Also, we have the Marriage Family Life Conference happening July 7th through the 9th. So make sure, if you haven't put that on your calendars yet, that you get that on there. Uh, July 7th through the 9th, it will be here in Tupelo, Mississippi, the Bancorp South Arena. But you want to want to get those tickets when they are available. And we will let you know when that's available so you can go ahead and get them. Marriage Family Life Conference. You don't want to miss it. Follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. You can search Airing the Addisons. Uh, you can watch the broadcast live if you would like to do that. Also, we do some other things on Facebook with our family. Uh, just some uh, challenges we have with our children. So if you want to have a good time and have a, a good laugh, uh, you might want to check that out. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, also visit the By Design Facebook page. Just put By Design uh, in the search box there. And also we have a web page for By Design, afa.net slash by design. Uh, Right now, we have the pre-born uh, campaign, that, campaign that's going on. And I'm just going to read a few, because this is powerful, man. Um, what we're able to do now. I, I remember the guy yesterday who called, I forgot his name, but he talked about not having all of the technology, you know, um, when he was beginning to go out and, and, and tell people the ills of, you know, abortion, how they just had the, the, the little... Uh, dolls and things like that. But now we have these ultrasounds and everything. But Preborn, that's a ministry that's doing some powerful things for life. Uh, abortion is the leading cause of death in the U.S. and the world. Over 860,000 are performed in the U.S. annually, and over 63 million babies' lives have been tragically taken since Roe versus Wade. Uh, so in the midst of this awful tragedy, we can do something about it. A ministry called Preborn and American Family Radio are asking you to partner with us to help moms choose life. So Preborn uh, works with hundreds of uh, Christian pregnancy centers across the uh, country, providing life-saving services such as ultrasound. The ministry of Preborn is a direct competition to Planned Parenthood uh, and the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the U.S., 
The ultrasound allows the mom to hear the baby's heartbeat and to see the precious life within her. And when that happens, 80% of the moms choose to keep their baby. So what do you need to do? Well, uh, you are the hero of every preborn baby in this nation and an ambassador for eternal life for every mom, dad, and family uh, that walks into every preborn partner uh, clinic. Your gift of $28 provide one woman seeking an abortion a free ultrasound, giving a mom the opportunity to choose life for her baby. For $140 provides five free ultrasound sessions, reaching five women with the message of life. And perhaps you could sponsor five ultrasounds. Our goal is to help save 3,000 babies. So please consider a gift of any size. Uh, it all makes a difference. You can call at 877-616-2396. That's 877-616-2396. Or, or donate. Donate online. Air4.net. That's something that we need to be all doing. We can do something as a church of God, you know, uh, about this. We can't, we don't have to wait on the politicians. We don't have to wait on this one and that one. God has given us a, the ability to do it. If we only will, I believe that the church can help to shut down uh, abortion. You know, a lot of times we wait for politicians and politicians don't do what we want them to do. <laughs> They get up there and they change, you know, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, but man, the people of God, we can pray, we can seek God, we can fast, you know, we can put our money where our mouth is, you know, uh, we have the ability to do that if we only will. Uh, today on the show, man, I have a special guest that's coming up um, in the second segment, and we're going to be talking about pornography. And so I want to put the disclaimer out there like Miki always <laughs> puts out the disclaimer that if you have uh, little ears, you know, you might want to, how, how does she say, pause it and come back to the show. You know, you might want to just put it on pause and after the show is over and you're able to listen by yourself or whatever, you know, play the show then because uh, this is a, a, man, it's a tremendous problem, not only in our society, but in the church, in the church. Um, and I believe and I'm convinced that we as a church will not reach the levels that we're supposed to reach in God until we grab a hold to our problems in the body of Christ with sexual immorality. This is something that, you know, sometimes pastors don't want to talk about or, you know, even just Christians we don't want to talk about. Sometimes we don't want to talk about these things because we are embroiled in these things, you know, but it's still the standard of God. Holiness is still the standard of God. It has not changed. And he requires from his people holiness. From our actions to our thoughts. You know, some people may say, well, I'm not doing anything. But man, our thoughts, our thoughts, we have to survey that as well. And so we're going to be talking about that today. And I really feel like the weakness of the church a lot of it springs forth from sexual immorality. It springs forth from things that we're doing in secret. You know, we're doing that stuff in secret, and it's hindering our walk with the Lord. There's no way we can be a strong Christian. There's no way I can be a man, a strong man of God, if I have this secret life going on where I'm doing all type of things that's, that's against God's will, his word. There's no way that I can be who God has called for me to be. And so this is a huge problem. You know, we were talking about the culture. We talked about the culture on this show a lot. 
And, you know, the, the cultural thing, the, the culture would say, man, whatever makes you feel good, you know, just do it. It doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to answer to anyone. The culture would say, no, man, you know, fulfill your desires, whatever they may be. But, man, we have a, a standard that we've been given by the Lord. And that, and that standard is holiness. And that's a word that has become like antiquated, you know. And I'm not talking about a denomination when I say holiness. I'm talking about being consecrated unto the Lord, you know, being set apart, man, from this world and from those things that would try to grip us. We have to be and live holy, holy lives. And so when we don't do that, we see the problems that we have and that, that we're encountering in the church today. A lot of it is because of unaddressed sin. Sin. You know, we, we, we have to go back and look at this thing and see how us being so soft on sin is really the cause of a lot of the weaknesses that, that are taking place in the church. It's 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 6, verse 12 to 20. The Bible says, all things are permitted for me, but not all things are of benefit. All things are permitted for me, but I will not be what? Mastered by anything. <laughs> when we talk about pornography, we talk about these addictions. People are being mastered by this stuff. It's something that you know, they can't control. They, they, they've been sucked into this, and now they have to do this. You know, it's an addiction. Food is for the stomach and the stomach for food. However, God will do, do away with both of them. But the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. Now, God has not only raised uh, the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. Do you not know that your bodies are parts of Christ? But man, we have to sit down with these scriptures and we have to read them. And we have to ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, illuminate my mind, my heart, so I can understand what is being said here. Because this is some deep stuff. You know, people look for deep stuff. Well, this is deep. <laughs> you know, so shall I then take away the parts of Christ and make them parts of a prostitute? Far from it. And that word, the Greek word for prostitute, there's porne, P-O-R-N-E. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute, porne, is one body with her? For he says, capital H, he says, the two shall become one flesh. That the two shall become one flesh. We equate this mainly to when we are getting married, that we're not separate, that the two have become, uh, will become one flesh. But this also applies to if you're not married and you join yourself to another person, you guys are becoming one flesh. It's not under the, the uh, standard of God, of marriage, but that still happens. And so you have these relationships with all these different people that you're becoming one with. And you can't tell me that's not damaging, you know, to the spirit, to the spirit of the man, of the woman. So you have all this stuff going on. When we're supposed to be joined with Christ, we're, we're, we're joining ourselves with all these other people. Not under the proper relationship that God has set forth through marriage. That, cause, that causes huge problems. 
Because then you have all this stuff that you're lugging around. You know, there's, there's spiritual things that happen and that, that we don't really understand or we don't even take time to consider. And we wonder, why am I acting out this way? What's going on with me? Why do I feel depressed? Why do I feel oppressed? Why are these things happening? Well, you've been pretty loose with your sexual activity. And so what's going on, you're taking on spirits and, and different things, you know, from other people. You are joining yourself with someone else who's not your husband or your wife. We don't like to get down with these things, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Bible goes on to say in verse 17, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Verse 18, flee sexual immorality, pornea. For every other sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Man, there's been many times I had to say a lot on that, kind of let that marinate. Like that's something that you're doing to yourself. You're sinning against your own body. You're hurting yourself. You feel like, no, I'm giving pleasure to myself. I'm not hurting myself. No, you're hurting yourself. You're committing a, this, a, these acts against yourself, the own, your own body. Verse 19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? That takes it to a whole nother level. So I'm joining myself to someone who is not my spouse when my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I'm joining myself to all these different people. Man. What is that saying? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You are not your own. For you have been bought for a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. This cuts against everything that our culture says. We just talked about how the, the lady yesterday, we played the clip, Michelle Williams was saying, I have personal autonomy. So, you know, I can do whatever I want with my body. But if you're a Christian, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. And the command is to glorify God in your body. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Just getting into it. It's Wednesdays with Will. And we'll be back right after this. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and this is Wednesdays with Will. Thank you for joining me. And like I said in the first segment, uh, the disclaimer is firmly intact. So if you have little ears, um, you're not ready to talk about uh, these issues, you know, go ahead and put it on pause or come back, catch the archive show, the podcast, uh, so you can get the information. But you know, this is something that we really need to talk about more and more because it's one of those things where uh, in the darkness, it thrives. 
And so there's a lot of shame surrounding it, you know, that, and, and where, which there should be because you should feel a sense of, of shame, you know, in the sense of like, man, I need to get right. I need to get right with God on this. But, you know, it's one of those things that uh, is not, I don't think it's talked about enough uh, within our churches, uh, maybe within Bible studies or groups within our churches to have uh, this discussion about sexual immorality and about pornography and about even sex trafficking and things like that. You know, these things are going on, they're happening, but a lot of times we, you know, uh, just clutching our pearls, like my wife says, <laughs> clutching our pearls. I don't want to, oh, don't talk about that. You know, we have this sanitized view of, what, of what's going on. But not today. We're going to talk about that. And I have a special guest on with me uh, today, Mr. Marshall Shank. Uh, he is with an organization, a ministry called Proven Men. And uh, he's the outreach director. And, and I reached out because uh, a while back I found this website. I don't even know how, you know, but I, I, I think I was, I was looking for stats about um, pornography. And this site had a lot of stats because I wanted to talk about it. And God had laid up on my heart to really begin to speak out concerning it. You know, this is something that the Lord delivered me from. And I know how hard it is once you're on that roller coaster. It's like you can't get off. And so the Lord had really burdened me. And I was looking for some stats. And I came across this their website. And I was like, man, wow, they have some great resources and things like that. And when it, whenever someone asks me about resources, I point them to Proven Men. Um uh, have the book that they, they wrote, uh, a great book. I've been going through one of my, my brothers. And, uh, man, it's just a it's just an awesome thing. And I'm planning on starting a Proven Men Bible study at my church. And so they have resources, workbooks, and things uh, for that. So I want to bring in Marshall. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for being on. And uh, thank you for uh, your ministry, the, the things that you guys are doing. Um, if you can just tell us, uh, more about Proven Men and how it came about and, and, and what you guys are striving to do uh, for the body of Christ. Yeah, sure. So Proven Men actually started 20 years ago from a man named Joel Hesh. Um, okay. Joel was um, actually, surprisingly, uh, never struggled with pornography, but mm-hmm. what he struggled with was lust and fantasy and then masturbation to those fantasies. Mm-hmm. Um his story is that on his seventh wedding anniversary, he came clean with his struggle with his wife. Mm. Um, three years after that, he uh, started to build what is now the Proven Men Workbook and mm. the Leader's Guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about six years ago, he uh, he was faithful to the ministry. He just revises every single year. Uh, he took men in his church through the group uh, twice a year. And even now, as he's the chairman of the board and makes decisions on money and all the things that go into uh, board membership. He, he still leads two groups every single year wow. uh, through his local church. Um, mm. Six years ago, he hired on an executive director. The year after that, uh, I came along. And then, um, yeah, and then now we, we've got a, a team and uh, we're chugging along. And so for us, I always say that Proven Men is a sexual integrity ministry. Mm-hmm. We use that language intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're, although we are anti-pornography, we are mm-hmm. not an anti-pornography ministry specifically. Because mm-hmm. again, our our foundation isn't even with pornography. Yeah. Um, our goal is to bid, build men and women um, to be men and women of sexual integrity in a world that worships sex. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we would like to uh, realign our views with the scriptures uh, versus the world. And uh, that can be difficult considering yeah. the fact that the world is consistently pushing their narrative of their uh, version of sex. Um, whereas I'm fully convinced and hopefully can get into a little bit today uh, that, well, our story is far better and far greater um, than the world has to offer. Amen. Amen. So you said 20 years ago this was started. So I, I, from that time to now, it has, you know, increased as far as the sexual immorality and different things that have, um, you know, that we're being bombarded with today in, in this culture. At least it's more sure. in your face, you know. Um, and so a ministry like this, man, is, is very much needed. So for you personally, for sure. like, what's your story? Like, how did you know, um, I know you are the, the uh, outreach director, but how did you get involved in, do you have a background of coming out of, uh, of those type of sins? Yeah, yeah. So I was exposed to pornography for the first time when I was 12 years old on the back of a school bus. Mm. Um, a buddy of mine had saved a file and shown it to me. And so for me, my, my struggle was on and off. Um, was really bad in high school. I was committed to Jesus at 14 years old. Um, and committed to his work. Uh, but all the while I, I had this really gnarly secret that I would share with, you know, accountability partners in church. I went through all the books that you're mm. supposed to go through. If mm. you're in youth group, that's probably the reason why we call ourselves a sexual integrity ministry and not a sexual purity ministry, because I have an allergy to that word considering <laughs> my background. Yeah. Um, and so in that, uh, I went to Liberty University and I was getting a biblical studies degree and really all the things that, well, pornography was my sex education. You know, the, mm. the, yeah. the only things that I learned from the church is that sex is bad until you get married. Um, and then, no, I still, as a married person, I haven't been to a church where they're having a class on biblical sexuality. Right. Mm. So, um, so I was practicing the things, um, that I was learning from pornography and real relationships. I always joke that I grew a mustache and then girls started paying attention to me. Um, and so, um, yeah, when I started dating, all those secrets and became um, apparent uh, wow. in my relationships with the women that I was dating. And um, man, I, well, I was broken and I broke yeah. a lot of people in the process. Um, yeah. Well, not a lot of people, but uh, the few that <laughs> decided to yeah. date me um, really. Uh, and so from there, uh, my wife and I got engaged. We got married all the while. I was still struggling with pornography. Um, three months into marriage, I actually got asked to give my resume to uh, proven men to see if director of outreach would be a good job. I sat down with Joel in his basement um, and he asked me, uh, probably the only time you'll ever be asked this in a job interview. He asked me, when's the last time that I watched pornography? Um, and I was honest with him. I said, it's been two weeks. And then he asked, does your wife know? And I said, well, no. And he said, well, where is she? And I mm. said, well, she's on her way home from work, I'm sure. And he asked, is she going to be there when you get there? I said, yes, sir. He said, awesome. So when you get there, I want you to sit her down immediately and tell her. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy, um, <laughs> how much do you guys pay again? You know, like, is this worth it? Um, and so, uh, it it was it yeah, was they didn't yeah. pay enough but it was worth it you know and I, <laughs> man I had I had the opportunity and, and so I sat my wife down mm. I said hey for the past three months of our marriage and consistently while we were engaged I was engaged in pornography mm. and the first words out of my wife's mouth were how can I help um, wow. because my wife 
my wife actually struggled with pornography growing up as well and so she knew the battle um i can confidently say that that is not uh, the majority of stories mm-hmm. now that i've been here for five years of the response uh, but i was really thankful for that and so i actually started uh, going to my first proven men group with joel mm-hmm. in his basement um and you know i said that i was we said that we were i was co-leading the group but i wasn't i was there because <laughs> i needed it um and through that space and through that time um God shifted that was well, a 12 year battle had shifted what set, what felt like overnight, you know, and I, I wasn't Joe Schmo, right? Like I have a biblical studies degree. All my classes were geared towards Bible study. I was praying, I was reading, doing my own personal study. It wasn't like, well, there, there was a moment where I caught myself looking for pornography, specifically a woman who was flirtatious and desired the person behind the camera, right? Or the mm-hmm. person, you know, what mm-hmm. would be me if I'm imagining it myself in pornography. And as I did that, I recognized the fact that how sad is it Man. that I have a woman who knows the worst parts about me and still desires me, yet I'm choosing these these women who have will never know who I am and do not care about me at all. So let me let me um, let me ask you this right here. We're talking about mm-hmm. you having a background of, of being, you know, in church and, and was living for God, but had this uh the secret that was going on, mm-hmm. you know, um, in what you're doing, how much of that are you seeing? Because it seems like the numbers among Christians are high. Is that, uh, is that accurate that man, as that this is happening, uh, a, a lot. Oh yeah. I, it's pervasive. I, I would assume that the numbers are low, um, which the numbers are high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, if you saw our numbers that we did with, uh, we did a study with Barna Group in 2014. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the top, the top thing on that list is 97% of Christian men have looked at porn. Um, right. The, I think the most shocking would be that um, 55% of Christian men view porn at least once a month. I would wow. assume that that's a, I would assume that that's off and it's low. Yeah. Um, well, and also I'm in an echo chamber. This is what I do every single day. Right, I usually don't right. talk to people when they're having a good time, you know, and, and you know, yeah. they've got everything under control. So yeah. that, that obviously probably shapes my view. But yes, according to statistics, uh, yeah. it's only it's only getting worse and it's getting it's only getting more perverse. Um, and so, yeah, I think. Well, if anybody's still asking the question whether the Jesus movement or the sexual revolution, which one won? Um, I would say that they're living under a rock because <laughs> I can download an app and have sex with people in my city in a matter of seconds. Uh, we've, we have lost. And uh, unfortunately, I think we're still stuck in a lot of ways. Uh, listen to your opening dialogue, setting this conversation up. And well, honestly, I don't know why I'm here because you're doing a great job. And, uh, uh-huh. But I think it's clear, I think it's clear that the church has, uh, is still using is still using the methods that didn't work in the 90s and that's wow. extremely problematic okay um, well let's talk about that too what the church can do and what proven men um as far as resources want want to help churches to do because this has to be something that i believe that the body of christ has to come together and say okay this is an issue like we can't be silent about this continuously and uh there, there are probably multiple men in our church and women you know who are dealing with this um what are some of the things that you guys offer uh, for, to help churches and pastors and leaders to to combat this? 
Yeah. So, so as I see my role and proven men's role in the grand scheme of things is that we, we are the support and resources for the discipleship that takes place in the local church. We are, we have a principle and we believe that it's not our job to disciple men. It's the church's job to disciple men. So Mm. we don't intend to take the job away, but we do intend to take the burden of that of resources of uh, getting stuff set up, all the questions that come along with getting a group started. That's my job. So mm-hmm. I was speaking with pastors this morning, telling him like, no, he asked me, do you expect me to lead this the first time around? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, heck no, you know, that's not going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, so for us, we have a 12 week workbook study for both men and women um, that coincides with uh, a, a leader's guide. But before any of that, our, we are not a program. This is the problem. Uh, we still operate in the mindset that we should go to LifeWay. We should pick a series off of the shelf. It should cost us a ton of money. Mm-hmm. We should do it for six weeks, and then we should put it down and put it on a shelf and forget about it until it makes most convenient to pick it up again. The problem with that is, is sexual sin doesn't sleep, and neither does the <laughs> world culture and its Come teaching on, on sex. On. Um, and so, we can't we can't treat this issue as if it's just we can program it away. We right. have to partner with one another. My ministry, the ministry that I work for, not mine, I don't, I don't own it. Uh, the ministry <laughs> that I work for is geared towards coming alongside of the church in such a way where we can partner long term. Uh, because men that go through our material may need to go through it again. Mm. That's just the reality of it. They don't have any basic time management skills, and we're asking them to do an hour worth of work every single day. Do you think they're going to get the best out of it? Probably not, you know? And so we can build because in the churches that we have relationships and partnerships with, they lead two groups every single year. If a guy's struggling and he needs help, well, he's connected to that community. He can continue in that community. And at least he's going to have at least one more group that he can go to and be a part of. Mm -hmm. And then we want to motivate him to lead once he's found freedom, because why would you hide your light under a rock? Um, And so in that, that long-term partnership, that commitment to one another allows for the opportunities for men who aren't ready to be a part of it later, for men who need it again to be a part of it, that men that need to go on the offensive and lead to have the opportunity for that. And when churches and communities do it, man, it changes things. Uh, Mm. It shifts. I fully intend to watch cultures of communities shift Mm. because of the work that we do. Because again, um, a lot of the things that Well, at the same time, the world promulgates a really terrible philosophy. They complain about the fact that that terrible, terrible philosophy has unintended consequences that everybody is pointing out ahead of time, you know, Mm. Um, and in the midst of that, our, our, we know, we know what sexual integrity looks like. We know what biblical life looks like, and it's, it's good. It's very good. Um, And so in that, yeah, so, yeah, so that would be. That would be what we do. We're okay. constantly building. We have a, a workbook for wives, as well as we're currently building a parents e-course called the sextalk.com that's coming out in June to be able to help raise the next generation of biblical sexuality. Awesome. Well, let's do this. We have a break coming up, and I'm, I want to uh, ask you about some of these uh, statistics that I've seen on, on the site. And, man, some of them just are mind-blowing, and I'm thinking, like, what what are we doing and what we what do we need to do? You know, especially for our children as well, who are coming up uh, behind us. You know, if we have these problems going on with the adults, man, and the kids are being bombarded with the same stuff. Uh, this is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. We'll be back right after this.
is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Will Addison, you're listening to Wednesdays with Will. Uh, today we're talking about uh, sexual integrity. Um, man, and it's a big, big issue within the church, you know. And, you know, our show, we really focus in on how we can encourage the body of Christ. And like I said before, this is something that the Lord has delivered me from. Man, it was uh, ongoing. I felt like some... You know, times I had victory, then sometimes I fall right back. And I was like, man, can I ever get out of this? And I remember praying to the Lord. I said, Lord, if you don't, if you don't deliver me, if you don't take this, I'm just going to be like this. You know, and I felt like God answered that prayer. He answered that prayer and was and and praise God for that. You know, uh, I had been exposed at a young age, you know, uh, and then continuously after that. And and one of the the, the stats uh, that we that I've saw I've seen on, on proven men. Uh, it had a question. Uh, growing up, what was your primary source of information about sex? And nearly one quarter, twenty three percent of Christian men between eighteen and thirty years old consider pornography to be their primary source of information about sex while growing up. Then it says nearly two in ten, nineteen percent born again Christians also uh, listed porn as their primary information about sex. Friends top the charts for all age groups as the primary source of information about sex. And then parents dip to third for men between 18 and 30 years old, fourth to men between 31 and 49 years old, and second for men over 50 years old. And I want to talk about that. My guest today is uh, Marshall Shank. He's the outreach director for Proven Men. Um, Marshall, man. So something is not happening, you know, in our homes um, mm -hmm. where it seems like we're either not talking about it or it's just uh, they'll learn it. They'll, you know, they'll get it. I got it. You know, man. So our homes, what should we be doing as fathers, as mothers to prepare our children for this culture that they're, they're growing up in? Yeah, well, in June, purchase the sex talk dot com parents e-course mm -hmm. uh, until then. Uh, we call it the sextalk.com as a kind of a tiki thing. Mm -hmm. uh, conversations about sex are consistent within the world that your kids live in. Yeah. Um, we are perfectly fine with having, uh, well, having the television on and sexual images coming across and sexual themes coming across that the world wants to promote right. uh, via commercial or via TV show. But yet uh, we shy away from having the conversations about sex within the church. Mm. And so, uh, that's severely problematic. You should yeah. have, we are sexual beings. We yeah. are created sexual beings. Our first command that we have in our scriptures is to be fruitful and multiply. And it's not a do not, it's mm -hmm. a do, right? Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes when discussing sex, um, well, I this past Wednesday, I was in a church and I uh, tried to teach biblical sexuality to a room full of middle schoolers and high schoolers, uh, <laughs> which normally it's a room full of men. Um, I don't get nervous public speaking any longer, but I caught myself nervous. And so I get it, you know, <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. why, because you don't want to overexpose. Like right. I, I totally am on board with that. But the reality of it is um, oftentimes the things in which cause us the most danger, we just become numb to it, right? Like mm. uh, in one of our videos, this is a sneak peek, but one of our videos, we had Matt Frad speak. Um, and the first question that he asks is, uh, how many computers do you have in your home? Mm. And are those things blocked at all? Are you mindful of that? Mm. 
a statistic shows by Gail Dines and her work um, with, I think, Penn State, um, showed that the, an average 11-year-old typing pornography within a Google search would take 15 seconds to see violent acts within pornography shown to them. Wow. So the average age of exposure is eight. So you have this, you have this world who's building a, uh, an image that sex is free, it's good, it's not harmful, there's no consequence to it, and your full freedom expression of being a human is through the pleasure of sex, doing whatever you want, yeah. right? And that's a, that's a, sounds good, a message to uh, any high schooler, right? Sounds good to any 20-year-old, sounds good to anybody who hasn't had to face the actual reality on the back end of that. Right. And the sexual revolution, social scientists were saying the same thing. And now, lo and behold, social scientists are coming around and saying, actually, if we were to build, if we were to build a system of how to, how to bring kids up, it would be the single, it would be two parent home, man and woman, Mm -hmm. and they would be married. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, crazy how you guys came (laughs) along all this time. And as if sex doesn't have any consequences. And I think the reality of it is, is with the coming of birth control, uh, we did strip the primary reason for sex, which is to procreate from the purpose of sex, because mm. now we can have sex without any responsibility, right? right? Well, with a chance of 0.001 responsibility. <laughs> right. And so, and so instead of talking about sex often and being, we, we've become shy from it and we've given total power and control to control the narrative to the world, even in our own homes. If you have any media in your home and you're not talking about sex with your kids and biblical sex with your kids, then you've given total control over to whatever they might come across mm. um, to the world. And yeah. obviously that's problematic. And these things won't shift until we stop being shy we stop being shy about the fact that we're sexual beings god created us to be sexual and all of that is very very good right we have a whole jewish erotic love poetry book right smack dab in the middle of our text you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. uh, your two breasts are like two fawns twins of a gazelle he also points out that she has white teeth and they're all there which you know is kind of (laughs) funny to me right but then and in chapter five, when he's ending, this is the bedroom scene in chapter five. Um, it says, well, most scholars think this is God speaking over them in that act, right? They're having sex at this point. It has culminated to this point. And he says, eat friends, drink and be drunk with love. Mm-hmm. God is not shy about sex and right. the joy in which he created in it. We don't have to be either. Um, because again, we're competing against a world that is absolutely not that there there's an actually a 97 billion dollar industry that's right. doing scientific research to try to figure out how to get kids hooked before because like everybody knows wow. the faster the younger you get a consumer the longer they'll be a, a, a consumer and that's the thing so, it's, it's indoctrination you know and and mm-hmm. the, the the thing is we as christians should be teaching our children because like you said they will be taught they they will be taught by this culture by the world by their friends you know they're going to see it and it's everywhere and they're being taught the wrong things and so mm-hmm. we come with a biblical perspective of what the bible says about about it and you know we should desire to get there first you know because i know growing up for me what i learned was schoolyard you know neighborhood mm-hmm. you know and that yeah. stuff was totally wrong <laughs> you know and so but that's what our, our children are getting from media they're getting from their friends and we have to be very very proactive uh, in, in teaching our children, we can't be uh, sleep on the job because um, I always say 
you know, the, the, the world and these different agendas, they're trying to witness too. They're trying to get, you know, uh, mm-hmm. people to their side they're, and they're spending a lot of money to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the truth and we need to just, uh, rely on, on the word of God and, and not be, be afraid of it and have these discussions. And mm-hmm. for, for me, and I, and I see that the statistic that a lot of children are from a young age being is, is exposed to this. And, uh, and it, man, I, I, it will set your life on a path that is just horrible, you know, especially when yeah. you're, when you're in church and you're trying to live for God and you, you know, you're like, and you have this stuff going on. Um, so with sexual integrity, um, mm-hmm. what, would you say is at the root of all this? Cause I know in the book, it talks about um, self-centeredness and pride. Like mm-hmm. what, what is the, the, the root cause uh, for these things that we're dealing with? Yeah. Those two things uh, I would say. And mm-hmm. uh, Tim, I think Timothy Keller said it best and forgive me, Timothy Keller might've been quoting somebody, but he said that a fish is not truly free outside of the confines of water. Mm-hmm. Now that, chew on that for a couple of years and then come back and talk to me because <laughs> man it's heavy but i think oftentimes what the world teaches is that you should be able to have whatever you want when it comes to pleasure right. what the bible teaches is that god created good gifts to be enjoyed but a fish is truly not free outside the confines of water outside the confines of the water we die right mm. if we're fish and in mm. the same way if we're using sex outside of the confines in which god designed terrible things happen it's it's clear I, there's there, we don't need any more evidence that the, the, what the world is preaching to us is absolutely false. And yet, sex feels good and I want it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, to, I want to be able to sleep with however many women I want to be able to sleep with. I want to have zero consequences towards my actions. I actually, I don't want to have a kid. I just want to have sex. And so let's not just make abortion safe, legal and rare. Let's make it <laughs> prominent. Mm. Right. And and so you have a world that's structuring around the very simple desire of pleasure. And not only is that deeply shallow, like deeply shallow, like then why go to the gym? Right. Because everything hard in life, everything good in life takes effort. Why go to the gym? It doesn't matter. Right. And so you build systems around these different things. Why eat healthy? It doesn't matter at the end of it. And we've all just become (laughs) um, nihilists and narcissists and thinking that we are our own gods and control our own fate and it's just so evident that that is just absolutely false yet yet we it's easy to remain silent about the things that are important but i you had a kid you know you had a kid you a pastor or a pastor of a church it is your responsibility as a parent to shepherd your kids up in the way of the lord and pastor mm-hmm. it's your job to, to be able to disciple your kids and now i get it it's difficult it's not easy and you you inevitably have your own story and it's probably full of brokenness yeah and i think i think too man like i think as christians what I hear consistently is this is just going to consistently and constantly be a battle that I'll deal with the rest of my life. Name any other freedom that sounds like that. <laughs> Still sounds like slavery to me. It is. And for freedom's sake, Christ came Amen. to set us free. Amen. And free. And when he stares at the woman who's cast before him, who's committed adultery, and he send all of her accusers away, because I like to think that he wrote their secret sins down in the sand and now they're cross-referenced and they don't want to stand in front of court, right? Mm-hmm. They they know they drop their stones. He looks at her and he says, who's condemned you? She says, no one. He says, neither do I. And then he says to her, go and sin no more. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I want to believe in the type of Jesus where he's not just giving her a false hope. Come on. I think, Come on. I think 
that the Holy Spirit has power. And if the Holy Spirit has power enough to raise people from the dead, heal the blind, heal the sick, do bring about this massive everybody <laughs> speaking in different language or angelic language, whatever <laughs> desire you wish, you know, whatever interpretation your your background brings about, whatever. If that's the power that we have that resides in us, that no longer do we have to go to a temple to be with God, but yet he he resides in us. Then I think <laughs> I think through his power, his strength mm. and our dependence and full surrender of our entire entire lives. Again, coming back to pride and selfishness, thinking that I could do it better than God can. I think and I'm convinced that if we commit every aspect of our life to him, he's going to change things for Amen. the better Amen. because he's a good God and he's faithful, period. And, well, what kind of God builds in our joy within a command? Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. he says, be fruitful and multiply. He, <laughs> he created E minor. He created middle C. Yeah. He created... He created music, he created birds, he created sunsets. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is, is God knows what he's doing when he created it. He's not shocked by the fact that orgasms feel good. <laughs> he's just not. Yeah. He designed it that way. And that's a really, really good thing. And then deeper, farther than that, our souls connect in a way that's a mystery. Amen. That somehow is an icon for the for the things to come in our relationship with God, which is beautiful. And right? Let, like let me ask you this too. Because sure. everything that you're saying is man, is straight on point. You know, uh, the man, the wonder of our God, you know, um, mm -hmm. if I'm a man and I'm coming to you and I'm a Christian and I say, man, I have this problem uh, with pornography. What is the first thing that you, you're going to tell me to do? What well, the I'm first thing I'm going to ask is when's the last time? Like, tell me about your your relationship with the Lord. What is he teaching you? What are you asking about? What are you praying about? Like, what are you learning in scripture? What's shaping you? How is he shaping you currently? Like, what are the things that are shaping you? Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, that person will say, oh, I haven't read scripture and prayed in years. Yeah. You know, it's been months. I'm like, okay, well, go and do that and then come back and uh, then we'll talk. Go mm -hmm. and do that, see what happens, and then we'll talk. Hmm. And so there's another aspect of that that's um, being cheeky but in those <laughs> moments, but there's there's another aspect of that. I'm not British. I don't know why I say cheesy. But, uh, <laughs> there it is. Um, but um, there's another aspect of that that I don't necessarily like to be on, to be fully transparent. If there's a verse that I could take out of the scripture, it's James five sixteen, where you must confess your sins to one another and pray with one another mm. so that you may be healed. Right. Our healing is contingent on one another. And I'm not talking about fake relationships where you just put on a mask and act like everything's fine. I'm talking yeah. about real community. And so those two, those things, well, and because I work for Proven Men, I'm going to get you plugged into a Proven Men group at a church uh, because we, <laughs> we practice the things. We practice reading scripture, praying, doing heart work, and then connecting with other men. And before that we, is what we do. And before we run out of time, because we're at the end of the show, give that website where yeah. people can give informa get information about you guys. Yeah, yeah. ProvenMen.org, P-R-O-V-E-N.org, men.org. Um, if you want to easily sign up, if you want to lead, you like what I'm saying, you want to be a part of it, sign up as a leader on that homepage. If you're struggling and need help, go ahead and sign up as a struggler and we'll get you connected. Uh, it's easy, but it costs, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marshall. I appreciate you. I want to have you back, man. We need to talk about this more and more. This has been Aaron Addison's Wednesday with Will. Until next time, God bless. <laughs>